Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I am your host from the East Coast, WTP, the KDOC, that's William Thomas Powell, a.k.a. the King of DC Media. This episode is brought to you by DC Actors Examiner, which can be found by Googling DC Actors Examiner. It's a fantastic column about acting. Yes, indeed, yes, indeed. And before we go any further, I do have a couple of announcements to make. I'm going to put a shout-out out there to my friend Sharon Nelson, who's been on the show before. And she had a little uh, shindig the other night at the Creative Alliance in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, introducing the work of Baltimore's best female filmmakers, including Deneen Krabs, Tracy McCoy, Marlene Zeckman, Deidre McCullough, Don Campbell, Ashley Coffin and Christina Snell. And that was, uh, I believe, last night. And it was the second annual uh, Baltimore Women's Filmmaking Event. And let's go over to my man, Kazar Colbin, a filmmaker. And he had a, he's got a premiere coming up uh, Sunday, April 27th, 2014 at 6 p.m., it's at uh, 801 East Street Northwest, Washington, D.C. He's got a film called Generations, so look out for that. You can find uh, Kazar on uh, Facebook. It's uh, K-A space Z-A-R-R Coleman, filmmaker. So you can find him on Facebook. And I have one other announcement to make here. I've got... Um, Enrique Edwards, Enrique Edwards, March 29th, 2014, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. at Tacoma Park Community Center. He has the pilot premiere of Choices. So you can find out more about that at choicespilotpremiere.eventbrite.com. That's choicespilotpremiere at eventbrite.com. Okay, and tonight... Tonight, we have a battle royale. We have Deanna Moyer, who is on the show. The Taylor Wars. 
she's going to be squaring off against Miss United States 2013, Candace Dillard, who has been on the show before. And they're going to be, it's going to be a battle between the right and the left. So let me tell you a little bit more about uh, Deanna. As I said, she is currently on the show Container Wars. It uh, airs Tuesday nights at 7.30 p.m. on True TV. And she says here, as the only female cast member, she has what it takes to play with the big boys in this competitive series and isn't afraid to get a little bit dirty. And I'll tell you a little bit more about Candace Dillard. Uh, she's been on the show before. Uh, she's actress, multi-talented. Uh, she's been in the business for a little while. She's got a, uh, a charity that she's involved in and very opinionated. Both women are very, very opinionated. And so what I did, I went, uh, I went out to a website that has a spectrum, a political spectrum. It is determined by a series of questions, and it's out on uh, freerepublic.com. And it goes down through a series of issues of the day. And what we're going to do, we're going to talk about these issues of the day. We're going to go straight down the list and see where these two young ladies fall. I know there's Deanna's mostly to the right and uh Candace, I believe, is more to the left, but they'll they'll talk a little bit about a little bit more about that as I bring them in. So let me go ahead and bring them in here. Good evening, ladies. Hello. Good evening. Hi, Deanna Malay. Hey, how you doing? All right. Great. Okay. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was almost like you're harmonizing there. <laughs> so, uh, Deanna, where, where, where are you now? Are you out in L.A. or where are you? I am located in Orange County, California, and uh, just here uh, taking a good breather for the day, and I'm ready to debate here. <laughs> Always ready okay, for all right, you're ready to debate. Okay, very good. And uh, Candace, where are you at now? I am in Washington, D.C., braving this very bitter cold weather we're having. So I'm warm by the fireplace right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So so you heard the, pretty much the format. I have these, uh, these questions. They determine your – where you fall on the political spectrum. I got it from uh, freerepublic.com. And I don't know if we'll have time to get through all of them. There's, let's see, how many are there here? Oh, uh, there's like there's ten a few. of them here. <laughs> so okay, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. I'll read what it says, and then I guess I'll have uh, Deanna. You'll start, and then uh, Candace, you'll chime in uh, with your where sure. you fall. And uh, after after all of that. Uh, if you can kind of debate your debate your differences. So the first one is school vouchers. Okay, so let me read it. it. Says some people propose giving parents a government voucher or coupon to use to help pay for tuitions at any school they choose, including private or religious schools. Okay, and it gives you choices. It says, what do you think? Okay, number one, schools should operate under a free market system, survival of the fittest. 
choice number two, parents should be able to use vouchers, but religious schools should be excluded. And number three is vouchers are a bad idea. They undermine public schools promoting further inequality. So, Deanna, what are you, which one of those three choices do you do you like? Well, from experience, being a parent, um, actually having two young women go through college and obviously graduate from high school, I definitely have to go with the vouchers are a bad idea. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tana, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Um, I think I'm I'm more I'm more about the the first and the second one. I'm I'm not I'm not a complete moderate, so I, a complete liberal. I'm more in the center, so I can. I think it's easy for me to see all sides of a situation, but I do think that there are some benefits to um, having school vouchers, of course, with some, uh, with some uh, I guess we would need to amend uh, some of the rules surrounding it, but I, th- I think it has some positive aspects to it. Okay. I agree okay. with Candace. I do. I totally agree with Candace here. But you know, as a uh, parent, obviously, uh, obviously a single parent at one time, and raising my daughter um, as a single parent, uh, just the the liberal part, I believe, just gives and shows your children the independence of not so much depending and relying on a system or any type of system to get you through into where you need to go in life. So in this case, a lot of hard work and determination gets you to that next level. And in this case, when it comes to the school vouchers, I really truly believe showing your children that with hard work and determination, you can get a wonderful education on your own, again, with that hard work and determination. Well I totally said, agree. Well said. <laughs> I, I All right, y'all are too like nice. That. Y'all are too nice. Okay, we're gonna heat that's, it up a little bit. We're gonna turn the, the heat up now. Come okay, on now. Come on now. That's across the board. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna turn up the heat with uh, immigration. Okay, it says in recent years the U.S. has made it harder for foreign nationals to live and work in this country. What do you think? Okay, there's three three possibilities here. Number one is keep immigration laws tough. Immigration takes jobs away from Americans. Number two, allow limited immigration, so long as immigrants don't burden the nation's resources. And number three is ease immigration controls. We are a nation of immigrants, and their contributions make us stronger. So, um, Deanna, what's your take on that? Ooh, again, a tough one. Um, I cannot speak from experience from this one because I am not an immigrant. I am a a U.S. uh, American citizen, but I do and I have been acquainted with plenty of people who have immigrated here to America to obviously have the same type of rights and obviously have the uh, same type of values here in America. So I would definitely have to go with two, allow limited immigration. I really believe there's a lot of people who um, do sacrifice quite a bit, not only their own lives but their families, to have a better future generation for their generations to come. So I really truly believe that allowing the limited immigration is definitely a pretty good uh, way to go by as far as this question number two for immigration. Okay, Ken, what's your I, I have to agree with you there too. I, my, I would go with number two as well. I, I also think that, you know, I've 
I, I grew up in the South. Uh, and I was born and raised in, or born in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I spent some time in PG County, Maryland, and then I ended up in, in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, and living in the South, you do come into contact with a lot of uh, immigrants coming in from, uh, from Cuba, from Mexico, from uh, that, that southern part of, um, of the world. And, and I, I have to say that they, they are people in search of a better life in the same way that, that our people, uh, African Americans, were in search when they were brought to this country against their will. But we were still kind of forced to, to make a way and make a life for ourselves. And I can't, in good conscience, turn away someone who's just seeking the American dream in the same way that, that anyone of any other, uh, any other background or ethnicity might be seeking that same ideal. And by the way, Candice, you're gorgeous. I don't mean to jump in and say that, but okay. <laughs> you're gorgeous, by the way. <laughs> so, are, so are you. I, I stalked you a little bit on, on, on the web, so, and you have a really cool job. I, I would love to have a job like yours. <laughs> yeah, we I, should I fly you in. You can uh, buddy up with me. <laughs> yes, I would love to. And that's right. I, I forgot to say that, uh, Deanna, you're uh, Miss America, M M S. Period, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Okay. Yeah. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Pageant girls unite. We're not. That's we're not right. Oh, okay. Come on, y'all. Y'all being too nice. We're it's not a rough here. Everybody out there is listening. <laughs> we're, okay. And they will have brains. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Now, y'all, i got to have y'all fighting for the night's over. That's, okay. that's, the, that's the plan. Okay, but you so mean we, three. Can, we can debate, but there still will be love at the end. That's that's exactly. the sisterhood of pageantry. Exactly. <laughs> oh, come I'm on, I'm so glad you say that. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, number three is uh, social welfare. Okay, what is the best way to help the nation's poor people? Number one, get rid of welfare programs. Give poor people no choice but to find jobs. Number two, invest in job training programs to get people off welfare and into paying jobs. And number three, provide health care, housing, and food money for those people unable to work. So, uh, Deanna? Go with number two, invest in job training programs to get people off welfare and into paying jobs. I am a firm believer of that entirely, and I really believe regardless, again, of your ethnic background, your upbringing, you can have a fabulous brand new beginning if you meet the right people in the right place. And in this case, I can speak from the experience of being here just in Orange County. You know, I do have my own nonprofit organization, which is OC Treasure Queen. And in that case, I do educate a lot of the young Hispanic girls who do come from a lot of the backgrounds of their families or their you know, past parents being on welfare and not having well-paid jobs, and they, you know, live pretty much and, you know, uh, you know, welfare means. And uh, basically, I really, truly try to instill to these young women that they can do everything and anything that they set their minds to. And I obviously offer them job training with, at, you know, obviously with at-home skills, with the uh, computer. 
you know, offering the whole fact that they can have their own business online and be able to resell clothing, whatever it may be that they can go ahead and get their hands on as far as uh, being able to resell online. And that's a skill that I teach them so that they can never, ever fall into that whole you know, welfare or having to, you know, basically fall back on welfare and not have a job that pays them when, in fact, you can teach them skills that are hands-on from the very beginning. In this case, I begin with girls that are ages 13 through 18 years old. So that's my part where I basically help out in my own, you know, environment here in Orange County and also with my community. And so I think that's where it truly begins. So in that case, I definitely would have to say invest in job training to get people off of welfare and into good-paying jobs. Okay. Okay, I, jump on it, Candice. All right. Well, I again, I have to agree with you um, with number two, investing in good job training programs. But I also think that there is a, still a need for, uh, if we're going to number three, providing health care, housing, and food and money for people who are unable to work. Because for as many uh, folks we have in our country who you know, in some ways may take advantage of our welfare system, of our unemployment system, of our social security system. There are still genuinely people out there who do need uh, those services. And I can speak from experience here. When I worked on the Obama campaign uh, for the 2012 re-election campaign, and uh, coming off of the campaign in November, I didn't have a job for two and a half months, and I had to uh, be placed onto unemployment for that time, and I was very grateful to have that, uh, that, that safety net for that time while I was looking for work to be able to pay my bills, to be able to, to drive to job interviews, to be able to buy groceries and put gas in my car. So it, it did benefit me. What I think, where I think the problem is and where I have to agree with uh, Deanna is that you don't want to create that crutch for, uh, for, for our young people and, and for everyone else in the country because it, it can become uh, it, 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 it can get it can become easy I think to to just receive your check every month and I know people who who are not actively looking for work they're just waiting for their check to come in the mail every month and and those are our tax dollars and if you're not going to be using them wisely those are the people that I think um, we need to provide checks and balances for um, so that's my take on that Okay, well said. I agree with you. I totally agree. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. I I was looking for a fight, and we got a uh, consensus here. Okay. All right, number four. Uh, Abortion. Okay. Okay, let's see what happens with this one. On the issue of abortion, there is a little, little middle ground. Where do you stand? Abortion is morally wrong. It should not be allowed under any circumstances. Abortion should be allowed only in the first trimester and thereafter only in cases of rape, incest, or when the woman's life is in danger. Number three, decision, the decision to have an abortion is up to a woman and her doctor, period. Okay, Deanna, what do you think? Wow, that is a tough one. That is a tough one. I found myself pregnant when I was 20 years old. It was an unexpected pregnancy. Uh, I am going to bring my Christian faith into this. Uh, At the time, things were going amazingly for me. Uh, I actually had a future, even back then in the day, uh, in the entertainment business, I had just made the uh, squad for the Raiderettes, and it was a huge deal back then. And I found out I was pregnant from my 
boyfriend at the time, and of course, out of wedlock and everything, I disappointed my parents, and I thought of having an abortion. I will totally be honest. I really thought about it. I contemplated. I prayed, and you know, with my faith and my belief, I prayed, and I said, you know, Lord, if this is your will for me, then let it be, and you know, God pretty much you know, proclaimed to me, he says, Deanna, the only way for you to appreciate life is for you to have life. And that's when I made the choice to go ahead and obviously have my daughter. And I'm glad I didn't have an abortion because she has enriched my life. She's always made me want to set my goals higher and higher and higher. And from this day on, she's my best friend. She's, uh, I am extremely close with my daughter. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But I know there are some circumstances where there is rape involved and there is incest involved. And um, to me personally, you know, I'm glad I've never had to run into any of those type of situations. But my empathy does go out to the family and the people who do go through those type of scenarios. And, you know, by all means, the choice is there. So, you know, going back to the whole decision uh, when it comes to a woman, I really basically believe that a woman does have that choice. Um, I had the choice at one time, and I know what I chose. So I really, truly believe that it is a woman's choice to have an abortion or obviously give birth to a child. And uh, whether people agree agree with me or disagree with me, I really, truly believe it's a woman's choice. Okay. All right, uh, Candice? Deanna, I love that answer. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I have several girlfriends who, have, who I've actually been with while they were going through similar situations coming out of high school. Uh, as we matriculated through uh, college, I attended Howard University, and uh, things, things happen. And, and, you know, it, stuff happens, and, and women and men are faced with decisions, hard decisions where they are having to, to really make ultimately the choice of a lifetime. Uh, I, I agree with you, Deanna, but I, I, I think that there are more people, um, I think, who, who would disagree with us and who are right. very much mm-hmm. so uh, staunchly against abortion. And and those, right. that that group, I just I can't I can't fathom the idea of the government being able to tell me what to do with my body, um, as as painful and uh, as as heinous as it might seem, because it's the debate of does life begin, you know, at conception or does life when, when does life begin basically, and and. It, it's up, it is, I mean, I guess it's up for debate, but I think <laughs> if, you, if you put all of that aside, uh, right. I think at the end of the day, the decision is 110% between a woman and her doctor, and I can bring my faith into it as well and say God as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's between a woman, her doctor, and whoever it is that she prays to, whether that's God or, or someone else. Um, I will say, though, that I have seen, I've, I volunteered at uh, an abortion clinic, and I've seen women going in to, to terminate pregnancies in their second, going into their third trimester, and that, and it, it, it's hard anyway, 
Um, but when you when you're receiving that visual, I think it's much harder because you actually can see. Oh my goodness, there is a person, there is a human growing inside of this woman, and that was extremely hard for me to to, to watch and to witness. And I can honestly say it did uh, test and shake my my choice, my decision to to be pro-abortion. Um, because at that, to me, it, it just it just says it says to me, you know, you you've had all of this time to think about what you what choice you wanted to make, and you waited until your second or third trimester. So with that said, I would I would say that number two, abortion should be allowed only in the first trimester, and thereafter only in cases of rape, incest, and so on and so forth. I would be open to 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 putting that amendment in. To, to maybe appease um, some of some of those in the pro-life camp, but above all, I, I believe 100% that it's not the government's business what what happens in my uterus, basically. Yeah, but totally agree with that also, and I do agree with the whole uh, that would be that would be like a great amendment to put in for a woman not to have. Uh, the permission under you know different circumstances to not abort right. after after the first trimester because it's yeah it's it, it is heartbreaking to know that you know regardless of what if you want to call it a fetus to me it's life right. and right. Uh, you know the only way you can appreciate life is by having life and that's where my whole my whole life changed when I obviously had my daughter. And I would not have had it any other way. And sometimes, you know, when my daughter does ask me, Mom, you know, was I a mistake? I mean, she's 24 years old now. But, you know, I'm all, you know what the truth is, sweetheart? Yes, you were a mistake. But, you know, I made a choice to have you. And I totally got married and everything to her dad at the time. And um, I thought I made the right choices as far as getting married. And uh, that was not a right choice. But my right choice was obviously to go ahead and choose um, to have my daughter instead of having an abortion. But it is a tough situation for uh, any woman to be involved in. And, again, my heart goes out. Mm -hmm. My heart goes out to anyone who has to go through that. And, uh, yeah, definitely a uh, sensitive topic, very sensitive. Well said, well said. Okay, let's jump into gun control. What do you think should be the nation's gun policy? Number one, guns don't kill people. People do. Anyone who wants to buy guns should be able to do so immediately. Number two, only those who pass a background check, apply for a license, or get training or undergo a waiting period should be allowed to own a gun. Number three, handguns and semi-automatic weapons have no purpose other than to kill people. They should be banned, and the right to own other guns should be extremely restricted. Deanna, what's your take? Another another touchy subject. Wow, this this is tough. This is tough because all of the above apply to many different reasons being, but if I need to go with one, uh, I would go with two. Only those who pass a background check, apply for a license, get training, and undergo a waiting period should be allowed to own a gun. And just like everything and anything else that we uh, basically have, you know, to have, you know, pretty much on a day-to-day basis, you know, driving a car, you know, different types of, you know, licensings that we need. And if we choose to go ahead and obviously want to have a handgun, you know, in our home on a day-to-day basis just in case for safety reasons, if, uh, you know, for theft or, you know, for protection, I really truly believe that 
a background check along with a license and getting the training and undergoing that waiting period um, you know to be allowed to have our own a gun it definitely applies i personally um we do have a gun in our home and uh we own a gun and it's in a safe inside of our garage and it's licensed and both my husband and i we both know how to use it and we do use it for protection because again you never know who may try to come and harm our family, and in that case, I definitely would be ready to react on behalf of protecting myself and my family. So number two is what I would go with. All right. Okay. Okay, Candace? All right. Well, I actually have a a story for this one. So uh, I would probably say maybe two two or three years ago, I was 100% against guns in the home, uh, and I think a lot of it was fear because you watch television, you watch the news, and you hear about people being killed and killing one another or toddlers getting a hold of, of guns in the home and, and shooting off limbs and, and just a lot of horrific stories. And because of everything that I'd seen and heard, I was very much against uh, having guns in the home and just the idea of people being able to carry guns in their cars or on holsters like they can in Texas, it, it, just, it scared me. And so for that reason, I was staunchly against uh, a lot of the, the gun laws that we have in this country. But then I was, I was sleeping one night uh, at a friend's house in the basement, and I was there all by myself. And I heard noises, what sounded like footsteps. And I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, if, if indeed this was someone breaking into the house and, you know, coming down here to, to, to rob or, or harm me, I have no way to protect myself. And I think at that, that moment right there, I, I got it. I changed my mind as to, to why owning a gun in the home specifically uh, was, was an okay thing to, to do. Um, now, with that said, I have to say, again, sorry, Will, I have to agree with Deanna and say that Number two is where I stand. I think it's very important to to pass background checks and to have a license and to get the training and to undergo all of those different uh, steps to make sure that the people that are ho- that are holding these weapons are are not mentally ill, that they are not that they are fit to to own and operate a weapon. I think that um, the issue of gun control is definitely made that much more sensitive in light of all of the ridiculous school shootings and movie theater shootings and parking lot shootings. It's like you can't go anywhere in in 21st century without worrying about someone losing their mind. Recently in in Maryland, uh, close to where I am, there was a, a shooting that made national news at the Columbian Mall where a man just walked into the mall and opened fire on his ex-girlfriend and her boyfriend, and I think there were several other bystanders at the mall that were also uh, hit by stray bullets. And it's just, it, it, it is heartbreaking, and it's scary. And I often think about, I'm, I'm not married, I don't have children yet, um, Deanna, but I can imagine the fear that you may have having a daughter and raising her and having raised her growing up it's frightening to think about bringing a child into this world and sending her to school or sending him to school 
and worrying about, you know, is my son or daughter going to get shot in class today? Or is my son or daughter going to go to the movies? You're yeah. right. You're at, and it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter even if you're in a, you know, high high end of, you know, your city. It does not matter. I mean, there is yeah. so much undercover crime, and I know I'm going a little bit oh. off the subject here, but there's a lot of undercover crime that happens, you know, within our communities, and that's why you can't be in denial of anything of what can happen. And, right. and uh, you know, in your case, I'm sorry that that happened with you and ended up changing your mind as far as, you know, um, you know, believe in having some type of a gun in the home to protect yourself. But, yeah, sometimes it's an experience that it, it takes to basically change your point of views of when it comes to, you know, different situations and scenarios like this. But, yeah, Candace, having a gun, it's its not a proud thing. I'm not proud of having a gun in my home, but, you know, under the circumstances, you know, when my husband spoke to me about it a few years ago, we actually, we, de- we definitely fought about it, literally fought about it because oh, wow. I was so against it. We don't have children in the house, obviously. My daughter was 20 at the time when we got the gun, um, and obviously I went and had training for it and everything. And my uh, my daughter's husband is actually very uh, a gun gun uh, friendly. He uh, actually shoots guns for a hobby. But um, you know, in the case of where you know we live, we we live in a really nice area. And thank God there haven't been any robberies or anything like that. But, you know, if it ever does happen, you know, we are ready. And under the circumstances, you know, going back to the licensing and everything, I'm glad and I do feel a little safer in my home. Yes. (laughs) You know, having it there, I do. I do. Overall, I think that's the, it's just, it's a security thing. It's just Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, I have, I turned on the alarm. We have ADT in the house, but if need be, you know, we have this other method of protection to, to protect mm-hmm. my, our family. So, yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're getting, we're kind of running short on time. We're definitely going to do this again and have some more questions. I'd definitely <laughs> like to have you on again. This is fantastic. I'm just fascinated hearing this. Uh, this is uh, – you're both so very good. You express yourself so well. Uh, time for one more question, and then we're going to go into uh, – what's going on with your prospective career. So the, the last question for tonight would be defense spending. How much should government spend on national defense? Number one, more. It's the only way to maintain our military superiority to protect our people. Two, the same. We are strong enough to handle any threat in the foreseeable future. And three, less. With no serious rival to the U.S., our money is better spent on education and social programs. Okay, Deanna, Go. Is there is there a number four that says I don't like <laughs> my uh, <laughs> national defense for now? <laughs> okay, I, I, seriously, half, I, 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 I do I do pay attention to a lot of the you know politics that do happen, and uh, you know what? It breaks my heart. It really does. I mean, I'm not going to go into you know the Obama. I mean, Obama. I think he's doing the best job that he can do, but. There's more people behind his job that are doing his job to basically, you know, make it seem like the job is getting done. But I really don't think that there's too much positive right now, which is going into this whole uh, whole federal, you know, budget. I, I, I really don't – right now my, my faith is a little not there. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it, it really is. It's, it's, it's a touchy subject. 
I do not personally want to get into it, and if uh, Candace does bring up anything, I definitely will go back and forth with her, so go for it. You take over. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, well, for me, for me you know, I, the, when, when I think about defense spending, I think about, um, I think my generation, we, well, I, I think our generation, those that were, that have been, that were old enough to witness 9/11. I think that's the first thing that I think about uh, when 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 we're talking about defense spending and being prepared and being ready and having a military that is that is you know on board and ready to go if need be. Uh, I think before that, if if there had not been a 9/11, I would definitely say that we don't need to spend as much money on on military defense. Uh, and and the like, but it 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 is frightening the world that we live in today. I mean, just for example, what's happening in the Ukraine and with Russia right now, uh, it's 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 scary. And as much as I I would like to keep that money uh, in the country and put it towards some more what I think are um, not more important things, but but things that are going to nurture our people more, Americans more, things such as community programs, education, um, putting more money into Social Security so that my grandmother is not destitute in a few years, things like that. I think that our money is better spent, our tax dollars are better spent going to those types of programs. However, I don't want our military to be in a situation ever where, you know, we are in some kind of national security threat and we're at a code, you know, fire engine red as opposed to yellow, which it seems to always be at, or, or orange, where it seems to always be, uh, and, and we're not prepared. Uh, so as much as I think, Deanna, you were kind of trying to say this, as much as it seems like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, disingenuous stuff going on around oh, yes. uh, the amount of money that's being spent where oh, it's yes. going and you know trillions of dollars what is that i don't i don't even know how how many zeros is that that's it's that's a lot of money and and even another example with uh with all the crisis happening in ukraine i think that uh president obama to, a few days ago had pledged to to let the Ukraine borrow a billion dollars um, to kind of be prepared and ready for a, a strike if something were to happen. Where where does this money come from? What who has a billion dollars just waiting to spend on on defense funds? But it's 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 a touchy subject. I but I think my gut says to me I would rather be overprepared, having experienced a 9-11 in my lifetime, I don't want to have to to experience something like that again. I don't want my children, when I have them, to have to experience that again. Deanna, I wouldn't want your your grandchildren, if and when my you have them, to have to yep. if and when you have them, <laughs> to have to experience I know, I'm asking again. my daughter, please, baby, she's like, no. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, we're down to uh, we're down to about uh, four, a little under four minutes to go. So very okay. quickly, uh, Deanna, tell us what's going on with uh, 
Container Wars, and then uh, Candace, tell us uh, some of the projects you're involved in. Oh, wow, Container Wars. It's going on and on and on and on. (laughs) We actually have around seven more episodes left in the second season of Container Wars, and it's only going to get better. And if you keep watching, you'll see the uh, stories unfold. And uh, we have a couple of new cast members that are coming on board, which I'm really excited about. And um, you actually get to see me uh, expand a little bit more in a sense where I am bilingual. I do speak Spanish. And uh, so you'll see a little bit more of me uh, speaking a different language. <laughs> and uh, it's it's really a lot of fun because you actually, uh, again, our show is uh, like being on a live game show. And uh, we bring the viewers in to kind of play along with us in a sense of assessing the containers and everything. But besides that, you know, I do have um, a hosting gig going on with the Don Rees Show, which is based out of Florida. And uh, I do get to attend a lot of red carpet events, and I do uh, um, actually get to interview a lot of uh, celebrity personalities. I just wrapped up the Oscars this last weekend, which was exhausting, Ooh. but it was so much fun. I had a blast, and uh, I am going to be also hosting on the red carpet for the Nickelodeon uh, Kids' Choice Awards, and I'm looking forward to that oh, at the end of fun. March. And uh, I'm actually going to be attending the Reality Wanted Awards, which will be April 17th, and I'm really excited about that. I just um, attended the nominee award uh, pre-party last night for the nominees to be announced. So that's something for the world of reality you know, TV, where the different shows and personalities do get nominated, just like the mini Oscars, and now it's the mini Oscars for reality TV. And again, like I said, I'm really excited to be attending that April 17th. And uh, I've got quite a few projects coming up, which I can't talk about. <laughs> I wish I can. Oh, okay. but, um, but I am... I am climbing. I am climbing the ladder. I am. Uh, I am going to be in prime time, uh, and probably sometime September, October of this year. Yay! So, yeah. The career is building up. Okay. <laughs> you got cool. about two minutes. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm actually wrapping up my. Well, I guess not wrapping up, but very soon I'll be wrapping up my reign. I was crowned in July of 2013. I will be giving up my title in July of this year. So I'm I'm starting to come to terms with that. Uh, that it's I can't believe that all this time has passed already. But uh, I started a nonprofit uh, before I was crowned, and I've been blessed to kind of to really be able to get a lot of work done, and to really have a lot of people come on board and be really enthusiastic about my organization. It's called My Sister's Keeper. It's a women's empowerment organization. I work with women, young girls, ages 8, all the way up to age 18, and uh, we just talk about self-esteem and women's empowerment, and uh, we do career fairs and job training. Uh, we do, I, I, I just wrapped up a uh, women's reading month or a girls' reading month. I was able to speak at a school uh, during Dr. Seuss Day and read one of the Dr. Seuss books, which was really awesome. And it's just really an organization to to show girls that to liberate them and make them feel great about being awesome and being dynamic. So doing a lot of projects with that, a lot more things coming up. I'm bringing on new board members, which is awesome. It's a great way to kind of expand and take my organization uh, more nas- on a on a more national level. 
Um, I am. Yes, I'm trying. Uh, I am trying to uh, be more assertive about um, beefing up my acting skills. Uh, I'm working on a new monologue now from um, from A Raisin in the Sun, and I have uh, actually my acting coach. One of my acting coaches is John Pilata, who which is how I met uh, William. But I'm also right. working with another amazing woman named Shanetta Malkia, who was recently crowned Miss Ms. Maryland United States. And she is helping me to kind of get my monologue together so that I can go out on the auditions and try to get more work. Fantastic. I want to start out with commercial work. Yes, so we'll, we'll see. If, maybe you'll see me in a Crest commercial someday. Ooh, <laughs> nice. That's how I'm going to start there. I gotta thank you, you, you all, you both for coming on the show. It was fantastic. We will definitely do this again. I had a had a ball tonight. Yes. Well, you. William, you're going to be on TV soon, so I definitely will watch you. Okay, oh, I'm really always win. on TV. I'm always on TV. Okay, well, adios, amigos, and uh, I will definitely so have you all again. Y'all have a great night.